Hi there, my feral friends, and welcome back to the Wild Workshop's London special of our new show with me, Freddie Drabble, called Totem. Totem continues to bring you stupendous listeners, the best dancing music from across the planet, both new and old, at times even ancient. But it doesn't stop there. We're going to be looking into a wide range of holistic performance and musical practices and interviewing the innovators. With the help of our magical badger totem, we're aiming to get to the bottom of the mysteries of the human soul. And to access the infinite joy and abundance, we believe it's our earthborn right and responsibility to enjoy. So because of Artful Badger's undeniable connection to the world of masks, both at the level of creating them and at the level of performing in them, today we're going to be looking at the world of mask medicine and trying to get to the bottom of what masks do to the wearer and to those who watch us and why there is an ancient tradition of using them for healing and for transformation. So because we've got some fascinating mask workshops coming up at our first London-based Wild Workshops programme, we're going to be interviewing the facilitators. Firstly, the hugely talented Charlotte Dillon of Head of House Designs and Roundtable Global to ask and to try and understand better why her revelation of the mask workshops are causing such positive changes in the participants of her women's groups, management training sessions and festival workshops. We're also going to be interviewing our favourite itinerant clown, Dan Hernandez of Divine Ridiculous, where we'll be delving into what wearing a mask does to us and to the observer and learning more about the history of the masks for healing purposes. So today Totem is asking two simple questions. What is mask medicine? And in what ways is it able to help us? So sit back, let the new music wash over you, and hopefully by the end of the show, you'll want to come and make masks with us and play in them. So we've got a new release from Sophie Barker up next. You might remember the luscious sweeping vocal on 07's track In The Waiting Line in 2001. Well, that was Sophie, and she co-wrote it as well. That was their big hit and her big break. But this is her new solo album, Break the Habit. Uh, It's out on January the 13th on Disco Gecko, which is Banker de Gaia's label. And if you like the sound of this, get down to the launch party on January the 26th at the Hoxton Square Bar and Kitchen. Um, This is the second single from the LP. It's called Let's Start Again. Delight when all you want 
So what exactly do we use masks for? Well, firstly, we use masks to hide our faces and disguise ourselves, as in the Italian carnival tradition, where revelers were able to let go and enjoy themselves without fear of being recognised. Secondly, we use masks for theatrical purposes. Covering the facial expressions we would normally use to express ourselves means that body movements of the wearer become accentuated and the character is transformed to great dramatic effect. This can be seen uh, in the Japanese tradition of kabuki theatre and also in the Italian tradition of commedia dell'arte. Thirdly, and perhaps most importantly for our mask medicine questions, masks are and have always been used in ritual and ceremony. Perhaps most famously in the masks of the African shamans and the Caribbean voodoo. Shamans believe that the person who wears the mask loses their human identity and turns into the spirit represented by the mask. And that gives them the power of that spirit to heal. Or in the case of some voodoo masks, to destroy. In the case of animal masks, for example, the spirit of the animal represents a virtue which the wearer may want to bring to an individual or to the community. A buffalo may represent strength, for example, or an antelope, um, a good harvest. At the same time as the wearer stuff, the observer of those masks sees the wearer as an otherworldly being and is moved into a trance-like hypnotic state and that makes them more suggestible to the healing. The Iroquois uh, Indians of North America, for example, have, a, have an appropriately named false face society that uses masks for healing ritual by invoking the spirit of an old hunchbacked man. They deny that these masks are simply artefacts to be sold to tourists. They're living representations of a spirit. So it strikes me that this, this final historical reason is the primordial motive that almost all cultures have seem to have an extreme curiosity and identification with masks. And perhaps a little why we can also be quite afraid of them. As we'll hear in a moment from Charlotte and from Dan, Masks are an extremely ancient art form and their historical uses are often a complete mystery. But they will both assure us that their filter, their, their extra layer that can be added at will in whatever form we choose is enormously powerful to the wearer and often fascinatingly revealing. So we're uh, going to play The Hang Massive next, um, one of the first groups that devotedly worked with The Hang. Um, they've come an enormously long way, they're out on European tour at the moment. It's completely sold out across Europe um, and they're going to be finishing up in Bristol on the 27th of November if you want to check for any last minute cancellations. Um, so this is their last release, it is the Atomic Drop remix of Marine Migration.
further ado, I think it's time for the Badger News. The Wild Workshops London programme kicked off in October at the beautiful Evolve Wellness Centre in West London and has had a fantastic response from participants. You can find out all about it on our website, artfulbadger.org, or like us on the Wild Workshops UK Facebook page if you prefer the, the Book of Face. There are still four full afternoon workshops left to come on the first Saturday of each month including two mask workshops, which we'll hear about in a minute from the facilitators, Charlotte and Dan, who are our guests uh, on Totem today. So Saturday, 5th of December, is the revelation of the mask, where you spend an afternoon making your own mask and exploring your sense of self in the process. A fascinating, creatively reviving session with Charlotte Dillon of Roundtable International. Saturday, the 4th of February, is Dance Your Naked Truth, which is a dance journey from fully clothed to fully naked, obviously only if you feel like it, uh, as layers of clothes are symbolically removed as if they were each barriers to your complete self-acceptance and self-expression. This is a totally safe space held by Chloe Jackson of The Dancing Universe. Saturday the 4th of March is Divine Ridiculous, which explores ritual theatre, mask medicine, divine play and stupid genius with our uh, favourite itinerant clown Dan Hernandez. And we'll be chatting with Dan in just a minute, so don't go away. And then we wrap up the, uh, the first of these London programmes on the 1st of April with Brazilian Bioenergetics. Uh, where you'll be exploring the release of trauma-related ho- holding patterns through the through the body, both through movement and, and through sound. A uh, really grounded session held by Rob Wilson from Surrender to the Body. So a massive thanks to all the participants and the supporters of the programme so far. We're really aiming with this programme to get these practices out to a new audience who may benefit from this work but not be aware that it exists. So get on to our Wild Workshops UK page, share, post, get it out to your friends so that this great work can eventually go mainstream. In other use, uh, close collaborators of our company of animals, Impermanence Theatre, are bringing their fantastic new show Sex Box to uh, London's Hackney Showroom from Wednesday the 30th of November to Saturday the 3rd of December. So not long. Um, The humour-filled show explores the research of 1960s electronic musician Ursula Bogno, who became fascinated with the writings of controversial feminist psychoanalyst Wilhelm Reich, who argues that the release of sexual energy is crucial to human health. Couldn't agree with him more. Uh, An orgasm a day keeps the doctor away, that's what I say. And in other important news, uh, close friends, Morning Gloryville's headquarters um, have two important announcements. Not only are they doing it on skates at Somerset House, um, but perhaps far more importantly, they are crowdfunding for their new project, The Gloryville Effect. And this will see the transformational experiences they've been doing taken to orphanages, refugee camps, poverty-stricken communities across the world, in collaboration with charities like Peace Direct and Lone Specs Unite. Convinced that this positive human spirit is getting stronger across the world, they're asking all their fans to donate to bring the same joy we've received from their amazing uh, morning raves to those that have suffered so much more 
Uh, I, for one, am going to get on to MorningGloryville.com and help crowdfund this, as I think it's a really fantastic idea to push it out to those more in need. And like I said, don't forget, Morning Gloryville on ice. Skate your way into the day on Wednesday the 30th of November at Somerset House. Uh, it's going to be rammed, so make sure you book early for this one. That was the bad renew. New release from My Cool Now out on November the 5th on Youth Sound. So, this free party dread legend, My Cool, uh, played live at the first ever Pure Tone Resonate Ambient Arts Festival this September on Youth Land in the Sierra Nevadas in northern Spain. An amazing lineup, including The Orb, Tripswitch, and Gaudi accompanied a unique philosophy of connecting nature, uh, connecting us with nature through music, literature, film and art. So I think we're going to be seeing a lot more from this festival. Check out puretonefestival.com to be all over it for next year. This is Michael with Take Your Time. Take your time and look around my to be talking to the founder of Head of House Designs and the first mask maker of the Artful Badger, Charlotte Dillon. Her background is in fashion, kinetic arts, events, publishing, strategic operations and creative design. 
And this spread is reflected in the range of work she does for an extraordinary client list, including Swarovski, Tottenham Hotspur Football Club, woo, Rudimental, Hendrix, Universal Studios, and has just returned from making 100 masks for a Don Papam Rum event in Madrid. Her mantra is to put unique creative experience together by thinking a little differently. She co-founded Kinetica Museum in 2006, the first kinetic art museum in the UK, combining art and technology, which is a massive passion of hers. And she's further exploring that at the moment, developing an interactive performing cyborg to encourage young people to be creative with technology. That's with her latest company, Roundtable Global. Charlotte, welcome and thanks for joining us on Totem. How are you? I'm good, Fred. Thank you for the intro. No problem. Um, Charlotte, welcome. You've been making objects all your life and masks for almost 10 years now. What was your in original inspiration to delve into the world of masks? Uh, there's a bit of a mixture of my background. When I was younger, I did National Youth Theatre and uh, did Foundation at St. Martin's of Fashion and things like that. But the masks didn't really appear to me until uh, the UK festival circuit. And you guys were the first ones to play on that level with me, really. And we we made uh, all the woodland creatures and a few other masks. And the first time I saw the impact of them, uh, there were two moments. One was walking around Secret Garden Party and I was wearing one. I was watching the masks I'd made and watching the public's reaction to them. And it really resonated with me. Something was really fascinating by how uh, people started to uh, feel affection towards people in masks. The, you know, the sort of cuddly animals go over and stroke them and play with them and that sort of interaction really fascinated me. And then seeing the band play on stage with them and how the audience turned into sort of feral creatures, it was fascinating. So it kind of had me hooked from that moment, really. So here is the audience that, that gave a massive inspiration. What about the people wearing the masks? I mean, did, did what they said about their experience also inspire you? Yeah, I think it's, you, you sit in a studio and you, you make you're making something um but it's 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 static and as soon as you put it on a performer who understands the mask there, there is definitely a connection between the performer and the mask as soon as they come together in the right way it's it's magical uh, bringing the mask to life and it is wonderful to have the feedback directly from the performers of what experience they had because you know you could wear you could have a range of 20 masks and you choose two or three different ones and you'll have a very different experience personally vouch for that being a rabbit is is very very <laughs> very, very different to being a badger so soon after you started making masks, uh, you began offering mask-making workshops. Your most recent workshop, The Revelation of the Mask, takes mask-making a step further. Can you explain a little the benefits of mask-making for your participants and, and how you're using it to help them understand themselves better? Um, yeah, so the mask making started again on the festival circuit to make it more affordable for more people to be able to make masks. But then after seeing over the course of five, six years, um, incredible patterns started emerging of people's modus operandi, people's create, creative processes and patterns, but also real quite 
deep parts of personality would come out in the process. So um, Tiffany Kelly and I sat down and, and decided we should develop it um, to take it to different marketplaces, but to see, sorry, sorry, Tiffany Kelly is the person I set up Roundtable Global with and she's one of my business partners and her background is in uh, leadership programs, that kind of thing. And so we started looking at the effects of the mask and what, what we're going to do um, with the revelation of the mask is also delve into the same concept. So the basic elements of it are fun and play and how important they are to connect with your childlike state of mind, which is also the most creative place you can be and the most imaginative place you can be, um, which has other benefits, which I can talk about later on. And if I'm not a child anymore, does that matter? Um, I think it's more about, you know, using your imagination. Your imagination is like a muscle and unless you practice it and use use it, you can detach from fundamental parts of yourself. I mean, I know this from experience of doing more and more creative work. Using imagination has also helped me to understand parts of myself. It's, it's, um, it, can, it can be a very beautiful and simple uh, yet complex um, part of understanding yourself and others around you. Um, and what you're projecting to others. So, so yes, I think it is important to, to keep that. I mean, I, I say it's childlike state of mind. It's only because a lot of people presume it's only children that really use their imaginations. You know, we, we do have to practice. Ah, and, but and childlike, childlike is not the same as childish, is it? We can be childlike until in, into our 70s. My dad, for example, if he's listening. Yes. Exactly. Uh, my dad <laughs> is a classic uh, childlike person. He's 75. You know, there's, there's nothing stopping us. Yeah, and it's wonderful. So I think I think um, yeah. So the fundamentals are the fun and the play and and keeping that um, innocence and that that um, free of judgment, free of you know. It, it's just about freedom, really. Um, identity. So what what mask do we put on to the world? What, you know mm. what what do what do we allow people to see? We think we allow people to see what we want them to see, mm. but obviously we can sense another. There's other reasons we can pick up on other elements of the person personality. But in the mask making, what you're doing is you're creating something that you want to wear, um, and in that process, it reveals a lot. Whether it's how you make something, what you're trying to make, what part of yourself you want other world to see, mm. and then there's a simple sense of style and what colours you go for, textures, choices. Um, the choices you make and, and how you make those choices tend you can also reflect them in um, in your workplace and in your home life and in your relationships with your friends. You can start to see patterns, which I find really fascinating. And it's part of the really it's just asking the right questions to see what people notice about themselves. It's a really beautiful experience. Oh, it sounds wonderful. So when us Europeans think of the mask. One of the first things that tends to come to mind, probably because we're bombarded with images of this, is the Venetian mask from the Italian carnival. How do you feel um, what you do connects to the history of masks in general? I mean, do you think this is completely separate modern innovation or do you think there's some roots in the past? I know there's definitely roots in the past. I mean, I, I'm, I am fascinated by the history of the mask uh, and I'll have to keep this uh, shorter than I'd like to. But <laughs> the, I mean, the Venetian, the Venetian, uh, a lot of people when I say I make masks, they go, oh, you're Venetian then. And, and then I explain that it was banned by Napoleon over 200 years ago. 
and it was kind of bought back um, in the 80s, funnily enough, as a sort of tourist thing, uh, which has its place. And it, it, the, the history is fascinating, but it isn't it, it feels like a very uh, ancient movement um, compared to what's going on at the moment. The festival circuit is definitely the playground for all this stuff, but it's more and more so. I mean, I'm coming across more and more people who work with masks um, on a recreational and, and psychological basis. Um, mm. But also, it's an ancient art form. I mean, How ancient? the the oldest masks in existence are nine thousand years old. Nine thousand years old. Yeah, they come from Jerusalem. I mean, it's fascinating, and the effects of those masks. They had to put extra security um, on the, uh, the exhibition when they put them up in Jerusalem for the first time because of the effects that people were having when they were coming out of the exhibition um, was quite intense. Um, so. There's a, I think there's all sorts of fascinating uh, history, but uh, you know the Egyptians mask makers were seen as god makers, um, which is also a sort of uh, the perception of what a mask maker as an artist is. I mean there are, there isn't really mask making as an art form these days, <laughs> but is. once upon there a time is. it was seen as. <laughs> there huh? is Charlotte. It's you. Yeah, well you know we're we're working on that and lots of others. <laughs> but there's, there's a few. There are a few others as well, but it, but it, for it to be recognised in the general public, you know, going back to my Connecticut days when I talked about kinetic art, people were like, "What on earth is that?" And now you see it everywhere. So, it's a little bit of a similar journey. It's just, you know, needs a bit of needs a bit of enlightenment, I guess. Um, but also, I mean, you know, every single culture uh, has a history of a mask somewhere in its roots, which I think is really fascinating as well. And there's a theory. Um, from anthropologists about the moment that the humans started wearing masks was where a belief or an understanding of other realms started to come out, you know, that sort of concept of a godliness um, and and uh, other others' realms, basically. Wow. So I think the psychology, the the history, the whole, the whole journey of the masks is truly a fascinating one. And mm. I just feel like it's, I'm playing with the same concepts as many of them. Um, I think it's a natural part of human nature to play with identity and self like this. Well, yeah, and we'll, we'll in a minute we're just going to take a short break for some music, and when we come back we're, we're going to be talking a little bit about this. Music from the underground, only on Badger Radio. Tingle down the spine stuff from the Paris-based trio Sparky in the Clouds. This is from their new album, There's a Way to Make Things Brighter, on Zamora Records. This is Softly. Wind through the trees Something I see Something I know Inside of me You
everybody yes we're talking to charlotte dylan here about mass medicine um and on the 3rd of december charlotte you're going to be facilitating the revelation of the mask for our wild workshops program at evolve in west london for which i'm extremely excited how do you think this workshop will be able to help our participants get in touch with their wild side and express themselves more authentically well uh we're obviously going to be making some masks, but I'm going to limit what I reveal because oh, um, mysterious surprise. No, but it's it's part of the part of the part of the anticipation. A lot of people get um, preconceived ideas come into their minds, and it would be better to walk into a space with an open attitude and then see what journey we take you on. But but I mean the fundamentals are you're going to choose um, a form, a structure. Uh, and it'll be based on your own um, your own journey, the own sh- your, the shapes you like, things like that. We're going to put that together. Uh, there'll definitely be an element of animalistic uh, or animal appreciation in there somehow, linking to the wild workshops. But they can and invent then, their own animal, right, Charlotte? They can re- invent their own animal if they like. I mean, it's not like we have to. Exactly, we're not. We're not restricted to the animal kingdom, but I, I like to use nature and animals as a an as a base, as a yeah, as a platform to kind of launch off mm. because um, the forms are so beautiful. But that's the point of this one as well: is that you have complete freedom. You can change and adapt anything you like. Um, in fact, the more you do, the more you'll probably get out of it. Mm. Um, so yeah, so we create the form, 
and then we decorate it. But I was going to suggest as well, if people come along, um, when they come along to bring something that means something to them. So it's quite nice to have, I don't know, a piece of broken jewellery, some piece of clothing which you've just been looking at and never worn but you like and you don't want to throw away or something that means something to you um, and, and bring that along because it, we can, I, I love the idea of changing old into something new and giving it a new life so we can combine those journeys hmm. which could be nice uh, and the rest of it I think I'll leave as a secret a little <laughs> mystery a little Sorry. mystery and um, you know we'll be hearing from Dan Hernandez in a little while you know it, it really is a is something that people go on journeys with and, and you know you look at the history of the mask and you realize that that people are having fun and they're going off on these these sort of strange experiences with this other other side of themselves, which only comes out when they wear the mask. It's, it's an extraordinary journey, and, and, and it is mysterious. So just to, by means of sort of wrapping it up, Charlotte, thank you for this, this, this great insight. Pleasure. You know, we're, we're really trying to get to the bottom of, of mask medicine and, and basically really what the mask can do for us. And it sounds like there's some really basic, simple ways that this can really help us. So just to, by means of wrapping it up, what, what's the most fascinating and revealing story that you've had from all of your years teaching this practice, just to give us an example of some of the things that have happened. Mm. Um, yeah, there's there's been uh, a few different stories. I was just thinking of one that um, one of the chaps came along at a festival, and his his girlfriend wanted to do the workshop, and sort of tutting. Oh God, it's going to take hours. I don't want to be here. And uh, so and she was desperate to do it. So I told her to sit down and I'd fast track her through the system and um, he could go and get a couple of pints and bring it back and I'd help him, you know. And um, anyway, so he went off and got a couple of beers and came back and uh, I said, well, while you're sitting there, you, you might, might as well, as well take well. a glue gun, you know, and, um, and, and see what you can knock up in 20 minutes while I help your girlfriend. Uh, anyway, the girlfriend finished, made a beautiful mask and turned around to see him sort of mid mask with a do not disturb face on and she desperately like come on let's go let's go i'm ready uh no 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 leave me alone i've got to finish mine now and he spent four hours <laughs> i couldn't get rid of him but when it was very sweet because at the very end he got very emotional and you know he's a big guy who was real got real attitude at the beginning and he by then got very emotional and said you know, he hadn't made anything for 20 years. Yeah. And just by purely being creative and using his hands and playing with that idea, he had remembered, you know, and why had he stopped? And it was quite a journey for him. So he was, I remember that particular moment was quite an inspiration for me. But then another one, just briefly, is a rather bizarre story, which to me just represents the connection between people through creativity. I was doing a... Uh, feedback session so after the masks are made we all sort of do some observations about what we learned and I was talking to this one lady who uh, I said I was I, just a picture came in my head when I was thinking about her and I described I decided to describe this picture which is not something I've particularly done before but I decided look this picture's come in my head and I, I think it's kind of how I can explain how I think you think is it if you see what I mean and it's blocks of color with this pink swirl going round and and anyway, I described this picture in a bit more detail. And it got to a point where it sort of started to feel a bit awkward. <laughs> what am I talking about? Shut, shut up. And then I, it was a bit of a moment of me looking at Tiffany and going, help. And she's like, right, let's move on. And um, anyway, the lady stopped us in our tracks and she got very emotional as well and said, um, 
that's very bizarre because you've just described perfectly the picture that my son painted for me, my 16-year-old son painted for me two weeks ago and said, Mum, this is how you and I think and no one else will understand. And it was a moment where I didn't, I didn't feel, I, I basically, I, I still don't really understand it, but it's it really, it's about, you know, imagine through imagination and creativity, we can start to connect in ways that we don't understand yet, but there is an energetic thing between us. And I think that's really beautiful and exciting. And I kind of, you know, I think this isn't what we try to explore every time we do it. And on the third, I think it'll be really interesting to, you know, bring a whole lot of people who don't know each other very well together and have a really beautiful, creative, intense experience. And true friendships normally come out of it as well, which would be, can't wait to see who comes. Oh gosh, this emotional stuff and beautiful, beautiful to hear about people getting back in touch with their creativity, which really is at the bottom of all of this, isn't it? And uh, yes. as Charlotte says, we cannot wait to see you all on the 3rd of December um, at the Evolve Wellness Centre in West London for Revelation of the Mars. Charlotte, thank you for sharing all of your, your wisdom and experience. And um, we're looking forward to seeing you next month. Lots of love. Thank you. All the best. Thanks. So I think it's time to pick up the tempo a bit. So we're going to play some Sam and the Womp. Uh, this is their new track, When East Meets West, um, that came out in September on Womp Records. Proper knees up. Um, beautiful story uh, from Sam Ritchie, um, who's the trumpeter. He uh, he had a kid a couple of years ago, and after their number one hit, he he decided to go back to uni. Uh, so he's got to be the only number one artist I think I know who's gone back to uni to do their MA and in music, of all things. Uh, Sam said it's been very humbling. So hats off to a massive legend. I was so confused uh, after Trump got voted in uh, when I first heard this track that I thought the lyrics on the track were, when East meets West, all we're going to do is burn it. Um, because I was so confused about, about the whole kind of uproar with Trump. But in fact, it's when East meets West. All we're going to do is party. Check them out at the Hootenanny on the 9th of December. This is When East Meets West. When East Meets West, all we're gonna do is party!
music now from one of the Artful Badger's longest term collaborators, the Mojo Filter. This is his L-O-V-E Love Remix EP. Uh, it came out on the 3rd of October. And this is the Olaf Stutt Remix from uh, of Boom. Uh, Olaf is literally one of the most creative minds in electronic music today. And this has got to be one of the best remixes of Mojo Filter's works that, um, that I've ever heard. Although there is an amazing version from Tithe, aka Sunday, Sunday Best's uh, Fear of Thaden. Uh, remix of the same track boom uh, on this on this love remix ep so check them all out they're all fantastic um as this classic mojo filter copy on this album a decidedly more cave rave approach uh, with crumbling percussive stalactites advancing the journey underground into the depths of earthy techno <laughs> cave rave indeed <laughs>
We are here with um, Dan Hernandez, uh, a Bristol-raised performer and teacher with over 10 years of experience across the world. He's known for his extraordinary divine ridiculous workshops and his training and influences stretch from physical theatre, including buto, mask and clown, into more bodywork elements like authentic movement, five rhythms dance and contact improv. But by means of an introduction, I'd like to read this from Dan's website, which I absolutely love. Hernandez kidnaps your imagination and bundles you into a dreamlike world of sensations, discoveries, surrealism and sounds. Each act is a moment of epiphany, strangeness and hilarity. Alchemy is the creation of gold from shit. Beautiful stories leak out of discarded objects. Love blossoms between a cardboard box and a plastic bag. A teeming ocean floods out of a dustbin. Rubbish plays the piano. Broken toys become shadow puppets. Teetering on a tightrope, stretched between the divine and the ridiculous, Hernandez stumbles into your world and leaves you feeling puzzled and refreshed. Dan, welcome to Totem. Thank you so much for coming on this show. How are you? I'm great, thanks, Freddie. How are you doing? Extremely well, Dan, and all the better for hearing your voice. So, Dan, you've been working for with masks for pretty much all of your career as a performer and a teacher. And I know that you use them in quite different ways to those that we've been discussing with Charlotte. Um, can you explain a little how working with masks feeds into the process that you're, you're teaching? Um, yes. Um, wow. So, for me, the mask is kind of a route into into freeing people up really and just getting them getting them a bit acting a bit crazy and a bit out of character so i feel like uh, when you put on a mask you it completely changes people it's amazing just to see what, as, as soon as the mask goes onto somebody's face how their their movement changes their their way of um, being in the space is completely different and you just see them getting wilder getting crazier getting more animalistic it's mm. it's just amazing to see mm. so this connection that you make from you know between ritual and mask obviously goes back as far as as our knowledge of masks itself why do you feel it's important for westerners to explore ritual in a society where really ritual and ceremony has almost died out yeah i think it's really about in in a way it's about connecting back to our I don't know these rituals are very powerful we can kind of do almost do um, a dream work on ourselves um, we can change things in our life much quicker than than we might do sort of through therapy or or something like that or talk talking about things is is one way of of transforming um, previous experiences in our life but actually through ritual we can do a kind of much more incisive kind of rapid transformation so that of, ritual that ritual doesn't necessarily need to be of any denomination or, or any religion or anything like this it's it's more of a sort of personal process yeah i feel like in a way that um we need to sort of turn religion on its head and, and we get to become the kind of the gods of, or, or the the ones that we worship, you know, it's like it's like this. This is our paradise. We're kind of creating our heaven by 
you know, by being angels for ourselves and for each other. Oh, yeah, interesting. So, so it's, 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 that's what I. It's a process almost of sort of self self healing rather than any sort of worship. I think it can be that, and it can be, you know, it can be as simple as as carnival, as as celebration, as also connecting us back to the earth, I suppose, and the cycles of nature, the the seasons, the changing seasons, the wheel of the year, and just really bringing us in back into those connections with with nature and the divine. So this is all something, the stuff that you're going to be exploring with us on the 4th of March in 2017, isn't it? You're going to be facilitating Divine Ridiculous as part of our Wild Workshops program at the Evolve Centre in West London. Yeah, so, I can't wait. Very, I can't wait for that. <laughs> we can't wait either. Can you give um, our fans an idea of what this workshop's going to entail and, and how it will encourage them to do what we're trying to do with the Wild Workshop program, which is to sort of get more in touch with their wild side and maybe sort of express the true self that sometimes is sort of hidden below the surface. Yeah, we're going to get weird with masks. We're going to get very trippy and psychedelic <laughs> <laughs> with masks. Uh, we'll have, it's an afternoon, is that right? It's like four hours, isn't it? Absolutely, yeah, it's a proper closed group. Yeah, so we'll have four hours to really explore and research, you know, what, what happens um, when we make these kind of magical objects so it's going to be a journey of the imagination there will be a lot of um kind of play um what the whole ethos of divine ridiculous really is in a way that a kind of very irreverential a very sort of silly fun and playful way into this kind of deeper more spiritual more visceral field of of the mask and questions of the self and the kind of creating a mythology with your with your own personal stories it's hard to say really what's going to bubble up to the surface when people start messing around with these with these masks so as i say the title of this show is mask medicine and i understand dan that you've studied for a time the traditional american indian indigenous use of masks for healing purposes can you explain how they go about healing people in this way yeah, um, I guess this, I mean, mask medicine is a very um, good title to use. And I feel like this mask work kind of fits in with a larger field of <clears throat> larger field of medicine work, which is now becoming more and more kind of known within the Western world. So people working with um, power plants and um, dance movement and mask as well. It's kind of a uh, part of a bigger bigger field within that's that's becoming more and more exposed in the Western world of medicine. American Indian clowning goes back thousands of years, but I think in a way um, it's it has a very hypnotic effect both on the user and on and on the viewer. So when you when you see um, a figure, a masked figure before you, it's it affects you. It opens you up in different ways to, to your emotion in, inside your emotional body inside your imagination um it's it has an effect on you um and there was in in those cultures there it's it's actually um very secretive as well so the these kachina clowns would live on the outside the village outside of the normal village life and um 
they, it was all very protected and secret um, how they would work, and they would only they might only appear in 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 masks. So already you've got this feeling of of um, that it's not a person that it's actually an ancestor uh, spirit because you don't have that when you put on a mask you don't have that personality you just have this archetype let's say so um, the way that they would work was really. Um, kind of scary let's say in a way because they they really are embodying this this kind of god or ancestor spirit in what way puts, would these put, clowns differ from from a traditional shaman well they they would work um one, one story that i've heard is that they would work so okay so let's imagine that that the shamans the proper the, the shamans proper are doing a sweat lodge or some kind of ritual with the community um, these Kachina clowns in the Pueblo tradition would simultaneously be doing a piss-take ritual. <laughs> and they would do everything topsy-turvy backwards. They would have their sweat lodge would be facing the opposite direction. Um, and they would do a kind of travesty, a kind of blasphemous um, version of it. Why uh, did they do that? One of the reasons could be to remind the shamans that they are just people after all, that they're not gods you know it's kind of a lot of this clown work and mask work is really connecting us to our humanity and our vulnerability and the fact that we might be trying to be spiritual we might be trying to do magic but at the end of the day we're just you know i'm just an idiot like the next person and i'm kind of only ever gonna get a cup full of of like this huge river of of um i don't know the collective unconscious or the 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 magic. Don't go away, guys. We're going to take a little break for some music. This requested by uh, by Dan himself. We're going to listen to The Mask from the Fugees, appropriately, from their 1996 debut album, The Score. Have you ever worn the mask? Yeah. One, two, one, two. To the A, to the S, to the K Put the mask on the face just to make your next day Feds be hawking me, jokers be stalking me I walk the street and camouflage my identity My posse in the Brooklyn wear the mask My crew in the Jersey wear the mask I stick up kids doing boogie-woogie wear the mask I used to work at Burger King, a king taking orders Punching my clock, now I'm wanted by the manager Souping me up, saying You're a good yeah. worker, how would you like a quarter raise? Move up to the register Large in charge, but you gotta be a spy Come back and tell me who's bagging my fries Getting high on company time Hell no, sir, re wrong MC Why should I be a spy when you're spying me? And you see what you thought you saw but never seen You missed the last move, checkmate, crown me king Pull my 22 pistol, whip them in his face Higher, now I'm fired, sober, now I'm wired I Pitch red, but the beat bop my head hit the streets for relief. I bumped into feds, I got kidnapped. It took me to DC, had me working underground building missiles for World War Three. M to the A to the S to the K, put the mask on me face just to make it next day. Brothers be gaming, ladies be claiming. I walk the street and camouflage my identity. My posse uptown wear the mask. 
crew and the queens wear the mask. Uh -huh. Stick up kids with the Tommy Hill wear the mask. Yeah, everybody wear the mask, but how long will it last? I thought he was the one done. I was stung on by his lips. Taking sips of a normal red or sour with a twist. Shook my hips to the baseline. This joker grabbed my waist, putting pressure on my spine, trying to get elbowed to one. Back to four from the night corner. With five fingers to his face. I had to put him in his place. This kid's invaded my space. But then I recognized the smile, but I couldn't place the style. So many fronts in his mouth. I thought he was the golden child. Then it hit me, that's Tariq from off the street around my ground. I haven't seen him since 15 when he got booked for doing scams. I tried to walk away, but he wouldn't let me leave. He ran him quick behind me asking, yo, what happened to my nigga Steve? Steve was like the kid I went with back in grammar school. I chuckled, knucklehead. I seen him yesterday. He's busted, so who you checking for now? Probably some intellectual. I kept the conversation straight, but he kept trying to make it sexual. Then his old lady tried to play me, waved her hands up in my face. Yo, I told to check your man, cause bitch, you acting out of place. M to the A to the S to the K. Put the mask on me face just to make it next day. Brothers be front, then they be running. I walk the street and camouflage my identity. So welcome back, and we're still talking to Dan Hernandez here. Many of our participants and, and, and also the performance performers at the Artful Badger have come back to us um, reporting feeling their body in a very, very different way uh, when they put a mask on. You touched on this earlier. Take me, for example. Um, I feel hugely visceral and powerful when wearing some of our woodland animal masks. And I find my body is able to do things that I wouldn't usually consider myself able to do. Just an example, like it jumping extremely high, I mean preposterously high, given how high I can normally jump. Have you have noticed uh, any similar effects in your participants in Divine Ridiculous? I mean, what do you think the mask is doing that allows this to happen? It's, yeah, it's a mystery, Freddie. It's one of, <laughs> it's one of the things I ask myself uh, very often, but... Um, I, th I think it's about freedom at the end of the day. I think I think you just have this sense of freedom and somehow by, well, there's there's lots of different levels. One of the levels is that, that you're kind of, uh, by wearing a mask, you, we don't see who you are anymore. And in a way that frees you from the your normal habitual character traits. It kind of gives you this, this it, it empowers you to, to, to be different to how you normally are because... You know, normally people identify you as Freddy, but now they're identifying you as this woodland creature, like a badger, for example, and 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 that's really powerful. And in the more traditional uses of mask, I think there is there's another element that I'm beginning to understand and research is that actually the material of the mask itself, like let's say the the mask would be made out of a certain type of wood from a certain type of tree that has a certain type of property that is kind of absorbed by the body of, of the wearer. So that there are kind of energetic qualities of different masks that um, literally kind of affect your, your body. Um, and I've, I've worked, I've, I've done some experiments with this. I've, I've used ivy and I felt like I had ivy all over my body. I felt like ivy was really connecting to the, to the stringy, um, aspects of my body, like the muscle fibers and and the tendons um, and ligaments, and then in a, in another ritual, I I tried using clay, and that felt more kind of like the cells of my body and the the, the more kind of 
um, you know, the mud and the, the earth affected my body in different ways. So I feel like every every time the way that we adorn ourselves, even your clothing, the way that you dress, affects your body. So of course, when you when you put on a mask, it's going to completely and, change everything and, and your mindset in a way. So Dan, it's been suggested um, that our ancient connection with the mask has to do with the fundamental dislocation between our inner selves and the body that we inhabit. As if this body were a mask, you know, through which we're able to communicate. From your experience in this field, do you tend to agree? Um, again, I have to come back with a boring answer that it is a mystery and I don't know, <laughs> but I like to play with this idea. This is an idea that I, that I introduce in my workshops. And um, it's it's it is it does seem to be evident. For example, the word "person" itself um, comes from "persona," which is an ancient Greek word, which means guess what, mask. So um, a person is a mask in a way. Your personality is a mask, which is which can be kind of a quite a terrifying. Um, idea you might you might sort of turn around and say oh my god well who am I then you know who if I'm just a mask then then you know what what's behind the mask is there is it just some sort of blank empty space <laughs> you know and I, I tend to try and get people thinking that the behind the mask there is an artist mm. so, so then then it really starts becoming a world where you can craft your personality and you're not stuck, you know. If if who I am is just uh, this kind of frail paper mache um, construction that I can easily take off, then maybe you know, maybe today I want to put on a, a different mask. Maybe I need to put on my radio um, interview expert mask today, <laughs> you know, so I can I can put that on, and then maybe later I need to put on my you know best boyfriend in the world mask, and you know I get to. I get to switch, so I like this mask work as a way of kind of loosening, let's say, and, and freeing us up from from being stuck with who who we are, you know? Yeah. Okay. Well, listen, Dan. Thank you so much. I just want to wrap up with with one last question. Um, can you single out uh, an experience from all of the years you've been developing Divine Ridiculous, all of the years you've been facilitating? participants who often have absolutely no experience with with clown or mask that really sums up your drive to continue working in this fascinating field wow um yes i i think well there's one experience that i i always go back to um with mask and i think it was we're going we're going really far back now to to childhood and I don't know if you ever used to do this, Freddie. Did you ever used to make den, make a den? Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm the den man, and now I've got my own child. It's great. I get to relive it all over again. I make dens on a daily basis. Well, when I think about the, like, the mask work, I think the pleasure, it's a similar pleasure of, of this. You know, you used to get all the sheets, and you'd put them over some chairs and sofas, and you'd create this kind of secret... Um, domain that you're kind of playing and you're behind. unseen you're unseen in this space unobserved 
you're unseen, you're and you're kind of safe, and you're away from from the, the gaze of I don't know your parents or the teacher, and and you're having all of this fun, you know, behind under the under the sheets. I think for me that's really what it, the world that we're that, that we're getting into with the mask is just this kind of safe. having fun with hiding. Yeah, safe space to to, to play. Yeah, totally. Well, Dan, thank you so much for sharing your insights and giving us a bit of a better idea about the kind of ancient connection we have to these um, to these masks. And we are looking forward so much to hosting you at Evolve um, next uh, next year. It's going to be an extraordinary uh, four or four and a half hours. So do please, guys, get online, uh, book your place before they all go. It's going to be a really intimate uh, exploration and Dan is really um, looking forward to to meeting you all there. Dan, all the best with your upcoming shows and further projects and um, your wonderful itinerant life and uh, from the all of us at the Artful Badger wishing you the very, very best. Take care, Dan. Badger, <laughs> see you soon. <laughs> Loads of love. Bye. 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 No chikara ga korikote makoto no daiwa no mio kanari nata uchu no mugen no chikara ga korikote makoto no daiwa no mio kanari nata uchu no mugen no chikara ka korikote makoto no daiwa no mio ganari nata uchu no mugen no chikara ka korikote makoto no Thank you.
El agua es la sangre que corre por las venas El agua refleja el ciclo de la luna El agua purifica y hay que protegerla El agua limpia, el agua cura Mantengamos el agua cristalina y pura Así oreza o ya Ven con tus sirenas a purificar This is called Water Blessing Song is in Japanese, Spanish and English uh, and it's by a sort of healing song specialist Nalini Blossom. Um, it's particularly relevant today with all the protests going on at Standing Rock in Dakota about the threat to uh, drinking water, ancestral drinking water for thousands of people by a new pipeline. Um, Nalini was inspired to write this as a fundraiser for um, by he was inspired she was inspired by Mazaru Emote a Japanese campaigner for clean drinking water following the Fukushima crisis and it is a fundraiser for their project waterpeaceproject.org which uh, Mazaru before he died was was looking to go out uh, as an affirmation across the planet and as i said this is more and more relevant uh, with the uh, the standing rock protests uh, you know, reaching so many people at the moment. So please go to Nalini Blossom's uh, Bandcamp to, uh, band to support this project. So we're going to wrap up today's show with one last new release and who better from than one of our oldest collaborators in the world, The Egg. Our close friends and uh, brilliant, brilliant musicians. This is part of their Galactic Love Machine album, which is going to be out in the spring on Loop de Loop Records. It's a collaboration uh, with the legendary uh, producer Greg Hunter. So this is going to be a massive coup and uh, do keep your eyes out for when this album comes out in the spring if you're a fan um, this is their track The Sun Is Flat
so much for joining us on Badger Radio again. Keep tuned, uh, like us on Facebook, uh, Badger Radio, and uh, do keep a close eye out for our Wild Workshops program as well, like our Wild Workshops UK page, and uh, join our mailing list on the, on the website, artfulbadger.org. Badger love. Thank you.